Good evening. It is time for today's Tax Talk. I'm your host. I'm attorney Stephen Leahy. Uh, it is um, Monday, June 6th, the year of our Lord, 2022. And... Uh, it's always it's always nice to be welcomed home. Uh, some some states won't will welcome you home, but won't let you leave, and that's what we're going to talk about uh, today on today's tax talk. Won't you join us? This article that we're going to review today kind of uh, took me, caught my interest, and that's because I have a couple of cases like this. Um, actually, both were from Florida, as this case is that we're going to read from Kansas, from Kansas and Florida. A gentleman lived in Kansas, moved to Florida. I have clients who lived in Florida, and Illinois is taxing them, uh, their state, state income tax, right? L- Illinois is at about 5%. There isn't the state income tax in Florida, and so um, when people move to Florida or any other state, uh, Illinois is slow to let them leave. This is called domicile versus residency, thus the name of the show. (laughs) Uh, Domicile is more than just where you live. It's where you plan on staying, either permanently or for a very long time. So if you move to Tennessee, for instance, to take a short-term job, and then you move back to Chicago or or Illinois, well, that's your domicile has always been in Illinois. That's that has never changed. Same thing, you know, if you move to Florida and you stay down there, you leave. uh, Many people have a home down in Florida, and they believe, well, if I just, you know, stay down there more than one day, uh, greater than a half a year, and I've heard a lot of people tell me this. That somehow I my re- now I'm now I don't have to pay Illinois state tax, and so I'm going to stay down in Florida for a half a year plus a day, 180 whatever that is, uh, uh, and then I don't have to pay Illinois tax, but I could still live in Illinois, and uh, the answer is that's just not true, okay? Because you you haven't changed your domicile, uh, and your domicile is really where it depend uh, where, what is what dictates where you pay taxes. So there's a great case here uh, about in Kansas. So let's let's talk about this case in Kansas. The Pizza Hut tax war is finally over. After 15 years of legal fighting, a final victory in state Supreme Court. Now, 15 years of, of uh, litigation is expensive. But as you'll see in the story, there's a lot of money at stake, which is why they made such a big deal about it. Uh, Belated congratulations to Gene Bicknell, who recently won a 15-year tax fight at the Kansas Supreme Court in 2006. 2006. Mr. Bicknell sold what was once the world's biggest mega chain of pizza huts with something like 800 stores and 22,000 employees. That year, Pizza Hut's Super Bowl ad featured the singer Jessica Simpson crooning about the crust made of 28 poppable cheesy bites. I don't know why they put that in the story. Mr. Bicknell has been battling the Kansas Revenue Department ever since. He originally lived there, but in 2003 sought to switch his residency to Florida, which has no income tax. Kansas disputed the move and dunned him 
$43 million, <laughs> including one of the Pizza Huts. Uh, there were multiple trials and trips to appeals courts. We hold Gene, this is the, and I read the, the, much of the decisions on this, we hold that Gene was domiciled in Florida, the Kansas Supreme Court ruled last month. There's a link here in the story to the, uh, to the decision. Determining a taxpayer's residence involves a variety of factors, and Mr. Bicknell's mistake appears to have been failing to make a cleaner break. He reported being in Florida 134 days in 2006 versus 111 for Kansas, though he later said that the second number was, was a cheesy overestimate compiled by his staff. He held a Florida driver's license and voter registration and listed that address on his federal tax returns. Yet he renewed his Kansas driver's license in 2004, didn't join a Florida church until 2012, and had an old address on his W-2 form. As purported evidence that Mr. Bicknell was still in business in Kansas, the State Revenue Department pointed to the fact that he had never officially announced his retirement or held a goodbye party. <laughs> Anything you don't say or do apparently can be used against you in a tax court of law. The Kansas Supreme Court ruled that Mr. Bicknell bore the burden of proof for the residency change, but substantial competent evidence, it found, supported the legal conclusion that Gene was domiciled in Florida. Given how many people moved during the COVID pandemic, there's a warning here. And not only for moguls, honchos, and bigwigs, join a church and check your W-2s, or you might be pursued by a revenue javert until 2037 or later. The Department of Revenue's approach has always, has always felt like extortion, Mr. Bicknell said last month forcing me and my family to endure hundreds of inter interrogatories, depositions, three trials, three appeals, 15 years of attorney's time, and appearances before an agency board that was a kangaroo court, adding interest, he said in 2020. Kansas owed him $63 million. Enjoy your refund, Mr. Bicknell, along with many more years as a free Floridian. Actually, Mr. Bicknell was 70 years old when all of this began. Uh, I I see that he that they were still suing for his wife. His wife has has since passed, and he's still alive. Um, but that would make him 85 years old, uh, and he's still fighting the Kansas state. Again, these are this, these are fights that I have with the state of Illinois for some clients, and you have to prove where you where you live, where you're domiciled, actually, right? And so what. I had one client, what he did wrong was he moved to Florida, uh, changed all of his life there, but kept his taxes in his parents' name, at, at their address, I should say. And, uh, and so the, because his federal tax uh, return had an Illinois address, that to them means he lives in Illinois, and he's taxed, should be taxed in Illinois. Uh, and we gathered a lot of information and a lot of evidence to prove He's been in Florida. He lives in Florida. He's never coming back to Illinois, and that's just the way it is. Uh, and then I have another case where uh, someone moved to Illinois, hadn't filed in some years. When he did file his tax returns, he used his Illinois address for his back tax returns. And so Illinois comes up and says now, hey, 
you live in Illinois. You owe Illinois taxes. But I didn't live in Illinois back then. I recently moved to Illinois. I lived in Florida. And so you have to go back and, and, um, and prove that also. And I just thought that was an interesting, uh, that, that's an interesting case. I have another story I want to do. Do I have enough time? Yeah, I have a, we have a couple minutes. Let's, let's do another story because I think this one's interesting too. You might think so also. If you make over $100,000, risk of audits double as tax laws change, including the reporting of $600 through cash apps to the, to the IRS. Now, we've talked about the cash app rule and the $600 rule and the 1099Ks. We've talked about that a lot on this show. And, that, of course, that's what gets my attention. But also the doubling of audits. You know, and it's not because they think that they're going to get um, collect a lot more money. It's because it's politics. They just want, they got to target richer people because the, uh, the media is telling them they're not going, they're going after, uh, they're not going after the wealthy. We need them to pay their fair share. So that's what, I think it's all political and it's all um, window dressing, in my mind. The IRS has been, uh, has been in the news a lot lately as they drastically change tax laws and perform audits on high income earners past $100,000. If you make $100,000, are you a high earner? Just a question. You know, what do you think? Uh, this is happening despite being behind on millions of unprocessed tax returns. In recent news, things like reporting payments worth $600 or an agency destroying 30 million paper documents have shocked Americans. Uh, we reported on the 30 million information returns that were destroyed without being processed. Now, if you make over $100,000 a year, you have one more thing to worry about. The IRS plans to make it a point to audit higher income earners. Again, I ask, is $100,000 a high income earner? The IRS recently announced it would be making it, it a point to audit more high income earners. If you make over $100,000, your chances of being audited have now doubled, according to CBS News. In the last 10 years, the IRS did not attempt to, uh, to audit high earners as aggressively as they plan to now. Without staff or funding, it's been harder to com complete audits on those taxpayers. Now the, audit, the rate of audit has doubled between last May, I mean last September, and this May. Those making $100,000 to $500,000 have seen the rate of audits rise by 0.6% since 2019. The agency has made other changes to laws, including reporting payments made through cash app payment apps like Venmo. This means after anything totaling $600 or more must be reported to the, by the IRS by law to the IRS. Uh, this, that's a major change from the previous law, which required payments over $20,000 or over 200 uh, transactions to be recorded. Actually, that's misprinted. It was $20,000 and 200 or more transactions, not or 200. So it used to be both and. The law requires any payments made using goods or services be reported with a 1099-K. A form will be sent both to the taxpayer and the IRS. The new law went into effect January 1st. There is always that option to choose friends and family of paying or giving money to a family member or a friend is necessary. Well, I don't believe that's going to be enough. Because if otherwise, that's if they're looking for tax cheats and all I had to do 
was say it's a family or friend and I could still cheat, that wouldn't be very effective, would it? And so what I think is going to happen is they're going to send a 1099-K even to the friends and family, and then you can not pay taxes on it by proving that it wasn't taxable. Uh, the burden will be on you to prove, to prove that. And uh, that's what's going to happen. Um, the IRS is spending so much time on laws and changes, but millions are still waiting for 2020 tax refunds. The IRS currently has a backlog of 9.8 million tax returns that still need to be processed, many from the year 2020. Uh, a woman in Cobb County is still waiting for a 2020 return to be processed. It's been 32 weeks in all, and she's still waiting her, awaiting her 2020 amended return to be completed. Originally, they owed money and continued to get bills. Now, with the interest owed, they're, they, they're owed $2,000 after owing $2,000 that was increased to $3,000. I don't, I don't get that. I don't know why that would be. Um, but, uh, you know, that story had, had some errors in it, as I pointed out. So maybe they're wrong about that. So anyway, that's the, that's the stories today. I, I, uh, uh, interesting. Again, it's interesting. If you're going to move out of Illinois, take the time. Get, get a bank account in, in uh, the state where you go. Get your driver's license changed right away. Uh, register your vehicle there. Get a doctor there. Here they said join a church there. So everything... Anything to show that you live there and you're going to stay there. Um, you know, library cards, these types of things. Uh, to make Just that you can prove you live in this state and that you're going to stay in that state. Uh, the, lead, um, the more you do, the more convincing it is, the more proof you have. Because as the story says, the onus, the onus is on you to prove it that you've moved and you've changed your domicile. And that sometimes means what's ever here in Illinois to make the, make the change. Don't come back and see a doctor, for instance, because um, that could be proof that you're not really moving to that other state. You're just going there to avoid taxes. So anyway, I hope this helped you. Um, I, I, uh, again, we have, we have clients where this happens, and uh, we want to help you avoid this. So now you know how to do it. So, again, we're going to ask you to like and subscribe. Like and subscribe our content. We need to get the content out. So, like and subscribe. Thank you. Also, uh, if you owe the IRS money or if you have a uh, – or if you know you haven't filed your tax returns, and, of course, if you haven't filed your tax returns, you know that. What's the first thing you should do? Because people get – I had a client in here today, and we helped her. Um, and now she was. She even hugged me today and said, "You helped me so much. We cleared up my problem." And I said, "You were, uh, uh, you were paralyzed, weren't you?" Yes, she said. Yes, I was paralyzed. I didn't know what to do. If that's you, what's the first thing you should do? You should get a copy of my book. Deal with your IRS problems today. Go to freeirsbook.com. Freeirsbook.com. Uh, go to freeirsbook.com. Get your free copy. We do ask for a. Uh, if you want a, a paper, co uh, a hard copy, you will ask for for um, shipping and handling, small shipping and handling fee. So go to freeirisbook.com, get your copy. Uh, thanks so much for joining us here today. We look forward to having you tomorrow. Tomorrow is Crypto Tuesday. You won't want to miss it. Uh, so thanks so much for joining us.
and we'll see you again right back here tomorrow. Right back here tomorrow. Right back here. Tomorrow.